Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Peter Dowd of the IrishGardener.com uh, joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I'm very, I'm, I'm frozen with the cold. It's, it is bitterly cold, isn't it, at the moment? It says you in your nice, warm, cosy studio. <laughs> Come out to the garden and I'll tell you how cold it is. There's not a lot you can be doing in the garden on a day, a day like today. You're surely not out in the garden. Well, I'm trying my best to avoid it. Uh, I'm doing other things. We're, we're, we're packing seed potatoes and packing uh, summer flowering bulbs and roots, anything to try and stay warm. That's it. And, and dream of those long summer days ahead. I was reading in the papers today, it's a piece that is from the uh, Botanical Society of Britain and Ireland, showing that more than half of plants native to both Ireland and Britain have declined since the 1950s. Now they're saying it's because of agriculture, climate change and non-native 
invasive uh, species and it found that non-native plant species now outnumber our native ones. That's a real concern, isn't it? Well, you know, it's a huge conversation, Trish, and I was, I was up at the, the GLDA seminar in Dublin a couple of weeks ago. That's the, the Garden Landscape and Designers Association. It's what, it's what us anoraks do on our time off. But um, like, it, it's not the first time that this, this has been an ongoing conversation now for many years. And, of course, it's a huge concern that we're losing species before we've even found them, if you know what I mean. There's so many species that we've yet to discover that are now extinct. Um, but... but the, the conversation is in terms of native and non-native. Obviously, it's 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 a concern to have more non-native species here. But if we if we if we strict if we stick to purely native species, then I I think not being an ecologist and not being an expert, I'm, I'm a horticulturist, so it's it's not actually there's more involvement. But I I I, I would think that. Uh, including non obviously not the invasive species but other non-native species doesn't that just improve diversity and doesn't like isn't shouldn't our ecosystem be constantly evolving and constantly changing like if we were to stick to what's purely native irish you know you could probably name on one or two hands the amount of native irish trees and native irish plants we don't have a huge pool to 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 go back to like most of the plants or many of the plants that we would all regard as quintessentially irish are not native irish plants they're they've naturalized beech for example isn't native um fuchsias as everybody knows probably aren't native so i i just don't know i mean obviously the species extinction is is probably the biggest concern along with climate change facing us but i'm not sure how how important zoning in and being exclusively native is. Mm. I know the Sika spruce, that's the big conifer, isn't it? Mm. I know that that in mm. particular uh, was was highlighted. Um, are, 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 you're not a fan of them anyway, are you? No, and that's very bad. That's just very bad land management and very bad forestry management where you have, like any forest should be a biodiverse wonderland. You know, it should be a mixture of broadleaf and coniferous species. These pretty pretty toxic and poisonous Sitka spruce uh, plantations are, are certainly not good for, for our environment or the greater landscape. No, it's all it's all about, in my opinion, diversity, you know, within the human population, but also within the, the plant and animal and, and the, you know, the, the plant population. It's about, I think it's about diversity and the more species we can have forming the tapestry and repairing the tapestry then the better. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. Okay, let's get straight into questions. Staying on the cold weather at the moment, Eamon has been on. He uh, did his window boxes last weekend. Worried about them now in the cold spell. Uh, should he take them uh, down from the windows and put them into the shed during this current cold spell? It depends what Eamon put into them, Trisha. So in other words, if he put in spring bedding, like, you know, your your little dwarf daffodil bulbs and primroses and, and maybe wallflowers and things like that, they'll all be fine during this cold spell, provided, depending on where he got his plants, you know what I mean? In other words, if they came from uh, indoors in a centrally heated supermarket and, and now they're outside in this temperature, no, they won't be okay. But if you got them from a, you know, a good local garden centre where they were growing outside already, then they should be fine. I don't imagine he's done his summer window boxes yet um, because it's just too early. You wouldn't get the plants and if you were even growing them by seed, they wouldn't be ready yet. So if, if, if you were looking at summer bedding, yes, it's far too early. It's a couple of months too early. And yes, you would need to bring them in during this cold spell. But if you've been using spring spring bedding plants, you should be OK. They should be all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what he's doing, it's spring bedding plants. OK, uh, Stephanie, and actually uh, there's a couple of other questions similar to this. It's to do with trees that were recently cut down. Stephanie she said they had some very large old trees that had to come down in her garden. Uh, she's looking for advice as to what to do with the stumps. They're hoping to cover them with some 
nice stones, but she's wondering, does she need to treat the stumps and what should she treat them with first? Well, no, you don't need to treat them with anything really, depending, no, depending on what the trees were. Um, but the, the the chances are that the, those trees are dead. Now you've, you've removed the, the bulk of the tree, so the stump is, will die off in its own time. But for it to die off, it depends on, you know, a host of bacteria and fungi to break it down and into nothing, which which won't happen in your or my lifetime, Trish. But um, there's nothing to treat it with. Like there's nothing, there's no point pouring any chemical on it because it's not going to make it magically disappear or it won't make it decompose any quicker. In fact, it'll probably slow it down because it's poisoning the, the microorganisms in the soil. Um, so really it's just leave well alone. Now, uh, a, a decaying stump like that does become a, a kind of trap for fungi. Now, most fungi in our garden are, are incredibly beneficial, but you do run the risk of something like honey fungus getting a hold in there. But in truth, there's really very little you can do about that. Okay, and the idea of covering it with stones, nice stones, is that a good idea? I think so. I think it is a nice idea. Absolutely. I, I, I quite, I know people will laugh at me, but I actually find stumps quite attractive. So do I. Can be quite attractive. So yeah, do I. Yeah. And I love when the fungi grow on it. I think that adds to it as well. I think so too, yeah. But yeah. covering it with stones is a nice idea too, yeah. certainly. Okay, Mary in Mill Street. Uh, would it be okay to move a thumb, thumb? It's three feet tall. Uh, is now the right time to be moving it? Well, I, I hate to tell Mary this, but not only is now the, not the right time to move it because we've gone too too far into the growing season, but actually Pittosporums, which Tom Thumb is a variety of Pittosporum, Pittosporums just will not move successfully anyway, I'm afraid. Um, unless if it was planted within the last 12 months, I'd say yes. But if it's any longer than that, they just don't like to be moved, I'm afraid. So sorry to have a bad answer for you on that one. OK, get to love, love it where it is. Helen in Bishopstown has a Grisolinia hedge. It's She reckons it's planted about 40 years ago ago, always been very healthy except for this winter. Part of it has died off. She heard you a couple of weeks ago saying to use copper sulphate. She's wondering, did she hear correct? If so, how do I use it? When do you take out the roots of the parts that have died? Do you have to dig it out as well? Because could the area where the part that died, would the earth underneath it also be infected with whatever killed it off? Well, I suppose yes and yes and yes, if you like. So <laughs> you can't give a 100% answer to this question without seeing it, obviously. So maybe maybe bring a photograph to your local garden centre of, of the hedge, of the healthy hedge and of the dead parts of it and if, as many photographs as possible to, to give a fella a chance to, to be able to diagnose what it is. Um, so it could be just a bit of winter dieback. So it might not be anything too serious. Just give it time, maybe give it a feed. But it sound does sound more like it's some type of fungal infection, which is which can uh, take out random plants in, in an established hedge. Um, you're, if it's a very established hedge and if the, if the dead bits aren't that huge, it might be enough just to remove the dead plant uh, roots and all. Yes, in answer to that part of the question. Um, and it, the, the established hedge could knit itself in anyway and could fill it up all on its own. If not, if you need to replace it, I'd be slow enough to replace it with the same species, you see, because yes, whatever probably fungal spores or pathogens are in the soil or killed it or will also be in the soil so could could spread and yes a, a drench of the soil and of the surrounding hedge with a solution of copper sulfate and water will do it no end of good it, it, it'll work as a, a kind of broad spectrum fungicide but it's, it's okay for use organically um, in a way to prevent that that infection getting hold again Okay, hi, uh, Peter. Is it too late to cut back wild roses? They're gone very leggy and wild. It's from a West Cork listener. 
No, not at all. Uh, and you're, you're a bit late, I suppose, in the honest answer to the question, but it's better now to do it. It's not that late, and it's better to do it now than not at all. So, yes, I would. Okay, and I love these kind of questions when, when they come in. They come in every now and again. Uh, it's uh, Somebody's contacted us to say their much-loved granny's house uh, is up for sale in the in the coming weeks and, and uh, months. And she was a big lover of roses. We've all decided to take one of the rose bushes and take them to our own garden. Advice, please, on moving them. Some of the roses are very old. Would we be better off just leaving them? Yes, yes, and no. I suppose the vague answer. To, if we could rewind by even four or five weeks, and you asked me that question, I'd say do it now. We we are getting a bit late. The cold temperatures now are actually playing into their hands because it's slowing growth. It's it's putting that plant back into a bit of dormancy. So you want to lift the rose bushes when they're totally dormant. Total, there, there's no growth at all in them, um, which is normally kind of November to February. We're just a couple of weeks too late. But I would say, I mean, for the reasons you want to move them, I would risk it. I would try it. Get as much of a root ball. Now, they're taprooted, the, the roses, big, long taproot. So get as much of the root out as you can. Cut it back very, very hard. Don't be scared. of You won't kill the rose by pruning it too hard. Don't worry. So cut it back very, very hard. Get as much of the root out as possible. Don't have it out of the ground for any length of time. So in other words, uh, if it's travelling a great distance, put it into a bag or a pot full of damp soil uh, and then into its new home as soon as possible after that. And and say a prayer to your granny and whatever God you believe in and hope for the <laughs> I best. Love that I, idea. But I would say yeah. they come well. Yeah, and I think it's it's just a lovely, lovely thing to have then forevermore, to have the roses in, in your own gardens. OK, and uh, Nula is m- moving, as she says, to the beautiful wilds of West Cork. There is a wall by the house that faces the sea. Will anything, pla- what could she plant there or will anything survive because it faces the sea? I'm not going to even hazard an answer with that one because in my experience, and I'm at, I'm at this a long time, Trish, coastal gardens are the most challenging of all. They're, you know, living on, as, as she describes, with the beautiful wilds of West Cork, uh, one of the nicest parts of the planet, but horticulturally challenging in, in places when you're overlooking the Atlantic. So your your best your your best rule of thumb here is uh, have a look at what's growing in neighbours' gardens or in different parts of your own garden and take your lead from that. You've got to work with nature here uh, and see what does grow around the place. Um, but I, I'm not going to give more of a specific answer okay. to that. I'm afraid because you're gonna I could end up giving the wrong advice. Yeah, and that's a good tip. Look, look to see what's growing in somebody else's garden because you know it's going to work well in in where you are. Well, well, equally you might be disillusioned to see nothing growing in your neighbour's <laughs> garden, but you've got to take that as well. You know. Hopefully not. Okay, have a good have yeah. a good week. Stay warm. And, and you, thanks, Trish. And we'll talk to you next week. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, theirishgardener.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.